All right, Steve. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I had uh, had a friend on before um, for my first episode. Had one of my best friends on. Then I had Tom on, um, and now I have you. So this will hopefully this will be the most productive um, <laughs> podcast episode I have yet. Tom's I guess Tom's a tough act to follow. So we'll see what he is. He's um, he's kind of the definition of all trades. That's right. Or uh, not, not that. He's the definition of a jack-of-all-trades. He knows a little bit about everything, a whole lot about nothing. He can, <laughs> he can easily spark up a conversation with anybody. Um, so, first off, I, I, I've always wondered this. I, did, I creeped on you on Facebook. And it said you graduated in 1986, right? That's right. So, when me and Tom went to school, in the cafeteria, there's the Roman numeral 1987. Mm-hmm. I've always wondered... Does that mean, like, the first class that was in there was the class of 87, or that's when the, like, that was the first school year of it? So, uh, what I'm asking is, were you the last graduating class of the old high school? We were. Okay. Yep. Okay. Living legend. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't tell, I didn't know if it was, like, if the sign meant the first graduating class, or it would have been the class of 1988. Yeah, no, it was the former. That was eighty-seven. Was the first class that graduated there, and okay. my, uh, my class, class of eighty-six, was the last one at the old Georgetown. Okay, cool. So, um, I, w- I was class president too. Thank you very much. Oh, okay. So, little funny thing on that. I just went to my. Uh, He's class president too. I graduated a year after him, or a year oh, okay. before before him. So. Yeah, I I uh, went to my so, I went to my son's graduation the other day, and I've gone through some of my nephews graduations through mm-hmm. here at Georgetown and I always get tickled because um can you talk a little bit closer into the yeah. mic I always get a little tickled there we because go. um the uh every year that I go to graduation I always see that the uh, class president speaks did you speak Tom yeah so um and I had older brothers and sisters and I always noticed um you know I'd go to their graduations the class president would always would always uh, speak at graduation but in 1986, the year I was a class president, they changed up the program for some reason that year, and they did not have the class president speak. So really? That's <laughs> I don't think they – did they have, like, the valedictorian speak this year? Because I, I saw – I don't uh, think they – I don't remember. I saw an update um, saying, like, hey, we're, Georgetown's going to go live for the um, graduation, and I missed it. But I kind of, like, skimmed through it afterwards, and I didn't really see a – yeah, I remember when uh, some of my friends talked me into uh, running for president my senior year. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really sure if I wanted to do it, and they said that was like their motivation. They were like, "You would give a great graduation <laughs> graduation speech." So I'm like, "All right, I'll I'll do it. I'll run." And I got it. And then they, yeah, and then and then yeah. the powers that be thought yeah, he probably wouldn't give such a great graduation speech, so yeah. they changed up the format. I guess my first question is, I, I hear constantly. Georgetown's run down. It's becoming a ghost town. Why has it not grown very much? I, I'm not going to say it hasn't grown at all, but why hasn't it grown much in, say, like the last 20 years? Uh, I think that's small-town America all over. I, I, don't think okay. that, I don't think that Georgetown's unique. Actually, I think, I think Georgetown's kind of kept its head above water. Mm-hmm. Um, well in comparison and I don't want to name them and and insult them but there's some surrounding towns um there's one down on the river not named not named Ripley (laughs) a a little a little further down the river um you know that I drove through the other day and you talk about ghost town yeah and um you know it's it's just kind of a sign of the times I think that what you see some of what you see in Georgetown um you see in a lot of small towns really across America I can't think of a small town that popped up in the last 30 or 40 years. It's just killing it, you know. Okay. So what is your definition of a small town then? Do you go by, like, what is in the town, or do you go, you personally, do you go by how, what the population is? Because I consider something like Maysville a small town. Anything bigger than that, they got, like, six, 7,000 people. Well, um, Georgetown, I probably should have looked this up before I came here. We're right on the cusp of and this actually surprised me, <clears throat> we're right on the cusp of having um, 5,000 mm-hmm. residents in the latest census. And surprisingly, Georgetown has actually, 
I'm not really answering your question. I get that. But um, Georgetown has grown in population steadily. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have guessed that just living there and, and stuff like that. But um, so they have consistently grown, not not by leaps and bounds, but they have grown in population over the last, um, well, I mean, forever, over the last 30, 40, 50 years, they continue to climb. Um I don't know. My definition of a small town might be a little different than yours. I, I consider a small town, if I can walk my dog from one end of town to the other and wave at 10 different people I know, that's a small okay. that's a small town to me. So like Wilmington, you wouldn't consider a small town? I would consider that more of a medium-sized town. Okay. Um, and I, it, I want to live in a small town. I don't want to live in a Wilmington, personally. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to add to what you said about um, it has steadily grown... Surprisingly, with like you've seen Mount Orb, me personally, I would think Mount Orb has kind of like hit a plateau in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but we still have more people than them, according to Wikipedia, because right. Wikipedia never lies, right? Right. Um, Mount Orb obviously has more kind of cool amenities, you know. I mean, there's more places to eat and there's more mm-hmm. entertainment, stuff like that. But I mean, Mount Orb was a recipient of State Route 32 going mm-hmm. through. You know, I'm a lot older than you guys, but, I mean, Mount Orb used to be a dust hole, not, nothing going on there at all. And uh, State State Route 32 went through there and boom. You know, um, I, I don't think that they've progressed to the point they are because they've outworked Georgetown or anything like that. I just mm-hmm. think they're a benefactor of having that highway go right, go right by them. Um, random question, not random, but... I heard there's a rumor that Taco Bell's coming to Georgetown. Is that true? Um, I can't really say. <laughs> I I don't. I probably don't know a whole lot more than you. I've heard the same rumor. Now, why can't you say? Is it like you, you just don't want to be that person that says, like, hey, it's, it is coming, or no, it's not, and then the exact opposite happens? Is that why? Um, because I've only heard it unofficially is the reason I don't want to say. Okay. Um, okay. Well, I, I, can, I can understand that. Um, it hasn't been, it's not something that's been discussed like on a village council level or anything like that. So I don't, you know, my sources are no better than yours at this point. Now you've lived in Georgetown your whole life, right? Uh, No, I had a three or four year period where I lived in Cincinnati. Okay. Um, I guess there's always kind of been a rumor or there's a, what is it? Is a folklore? Is that a lie? Anyway, um, there's always been a tale that Walmart was thinking about coming here. Have, what have you heard about that? Or what is your story from what you know? Uh, well, I have more questions about Yeah, I might too. not be a great interview for you on this kind of stuff because I don't think I know any more than you okay. on that either. I've heard, the, I've heard those same rumors. I don't know. Um, I, I don't have a lot to offer there. I mean, if, if I'm Walmart, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know why they would, honestly. Okay. <laughs> I mean, if I, if I don't, you know, here's, here's, here's where I think this conversation might be going a little bit. Um, I think, you know, Ripley, Manchester, Higginport, you know, there was an era where those were booming, mm-hmm. uh, booming places to live because of uh, river transport mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mount Orb, as I just said, you know, has done quite well with 32. And don't get me wrong, Mount Orb's had some great leadership. Uh, mayor Lunsford that just passed away is just, a, you know, out of this world, great forward-thinking mayor. Um, but, um, you know, they were, like I said, they were a little bit of a beneficiary of State Route 32 going through there. I'm not on council looking, I mean, I, I would do anything I can, and so will the other people that are on council with me to make um, some kind of business coming to Georgetown a lucrative place to come and be. But I really am kind of the mindset that, um, you know, we only have X amount of ample of uh, land in Georgetown that's, mm-hmm. not, that's not developed. It doesn't seem like, uh, like real quick. When you yeah. say we have, are you saying the village owns it, or you're talking about just period? Okay, just period. Okay. There's not a lot of undeveloped land in Georgetown, and it's not the kind of place um, that I think uh, a Walmart or what have you know. When, when Kroger built, they didn't. Look, mm-hmm. They look at it right there on 32, um, and I think that uh, we just had the Perina plant that just opened up in Batavia. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I doubt that they ever gave a Georgetown logistics, you know, with 32 and having semi-trucks and stuff coming in right there on 32 made a lot of sense for them. I see Georgetown, um, the way to grow it is to be the place 
uh, for the people that are going to work at the Farina plant that want to that want to get away, to, you know, just a, a twenty minute commute away, half hour commute away. I want to make it a very livable city. Um, great restaurants, great entertainment district around Courthouse Square and stuff like that. Um, you know, Yellow Springs, you know, kind of uh, is maybe the model for something. Okay. Like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I don't I don't think that the future of Georgetown would rest in, you know, how can we um, entice the next Toyota plant to open up in Georgetown? Okay. I don't think that's real realistic. Um, that kind of business, um, given given the the land area that we have and things like that. Um. So where do you see, like, in your vision? But I guess before I ask this question, how much power? do you or a council member have? Well, none individually. Okay. I, I, I and, am. Obviously. And, um, so, yeah, I mean, there's, there's some things that we can do. Obviously we can do to, um, to make it as lucrative as it can be okay. for businesses to come, but we also want to do things here. Here's kind of my thing on council. <clears throat> you know, when you get on council, when I got on council and a lot of people get on council, when people have these kind of conversations and think about getting on council, or, or even just conversations about what council should be doing. Um, you know, there's there's been a fiber project talked about in, in Georgetown. That's a whole conversation. Fiber optics. Fiber okay. optics. Uh, there's all these things. What, but once I get on, once I got on council, and I drove down to our sewer plant and got a tour around there, and I went around to our street department garage and got a tour around that thing, I started becoming very concerned with infrastructure. None of this pie-in-the-sky stuff matters about, you know, can we, build, can we attract a roller rink to come and build here, and what can we do with the old Pomida? But none of that stuff matters if we don't have ample water pressure to put out fires, if we don't have good sewer pipes in the ground to carry away waste, if we don't have good roads for people to drive on, if we don't have good sidewalks for people to go out and walk their dogs on and things like that. So I think, uh, honestly, I think that the infrastructure – and this predates anybody that's currently on council or really any of the current administration, um, I think a lot of the infrastructure stuff um, got ignored through the years, and it's mm -hmm. suffering right now. We have leaky water towers, leaky pipe. Well, those have been fixed. But, I mean, we have a lot of infrastructure things that have, um, are in need of repair, and that has to come really at the core of everything before you can ever okay. do anything else. So, in a way, are you kind of saying, like, I'm talking about, like, you know, getting all this, or I'm asking questions like, why hasn't this come here? Why hasn't that come here? And you're kind of saying, well, to run, you got to walk, to walk, right, you got to right. crawl, crawl, you got to roll over. Yep, you got um, it. So, okay, okay, I, I see where you're coming from. Um, and just an, another preference. I, know. I might ask you the same question in a different way. Yeah. Just, for example, if I ask you, like, how did the duck cross the road? I might ask you, okay, did it run? Did it walk? Did it dance? I, so I might ask you the same question multiple times. So if you get annoyed by that, no, no, no. I'm not trying to. Yeah. Um, I guess I just harken back to one of the original things you said, though. I mean, you hear that Georgetown's become run down, this and that. Um, I guess I don't see that as much as – I, I, I guess I would spin the question back to you. I mean, can you – I mean, are you thinking of things like the Palmyra building sitting empty there for a long time? or? Um, no, okay, not exactly sitting empty because I've heard, um, I've heard that it had a roof issue. Mm -hmm. So, is, could council, could they or the administrator, mayor, uh, whoever, could they reach out to the owners of the building and say, "Hey, is there any way you could f go about getting this fixed?" So, if a potential suitor comes in have a building for them right and i think some of those kind of talks have happened okay actually recently yeah okay cool but, um you know aside from pomida i mean we've got a few vacant buildings on main street mm -hmm. um and obviously that's way different than when i grew up there i mean it was you know there was all those stores were occupied and things like that but i don't see it as um overly run down really um i mean it's got it's neighborhoods mm -hmm. that need work or whatever but i mean i, th I actually think um in comparison to some surrounding towns, that it's actually in <laughs> oh. decent shape. Obviously, room for improvement, but... I think we have the most stoplights. <laughs> That's something to brag about. Because, right, right. like, Mount Orb, they got, like, what, three? Right. Um, hmm. 
Now, um, I saw, this was probably a year ago, um, when O'Reilly's came in. There was a little bit of, I guess you could say, backlash. Um, people made the joke of all, all Georgetown is is pizza joints and auto parts stores. Right. And I did see um, Art, someone uh, like sent it to me, his um, po- or, not podcast, his uh, post about kind of getting, having clarity. Um, and I really liked it. And he said something along the lines of, we can't deny a business coming in here. Is that correct? Sure. Why would you want to? Right. True, true. Um, but can you, like, recruit certain businesses to come in here? And we do. Okay. We, we absolutely, art, art, art absolutely does. I mean, good, good. Um, art gets, there's some uh, subscription things you can be on that, you know, blast that um, companies that are looking to open up stuff. And, you know, he responds to all those kind of things. And we have an economic development firm that we um, uh, employ that's always out there kind of um, you know, blowing our name out there to, to companies that might be looking to have a new home and whatnot. Okay. Now, I, I'm going to give you a little bit of hypothetical. For, for instance, um, when uh, Mac Tool mm-hmm. was in that building set empty for a little bit, but our economic development firm, uh, Jason Hammond, you know, he went out and recruited and found water, okay. water and yeah. electronics that came mm-hmm. and filled that right back up. So, I'm going to give you a little hypothetical here. Let's say some company, it doesn't matter, Walmart, uh, Toyota, some kind of, something that will be a job producer, right? And they want to come here. Now, I'm going to give you another hypothetical. Let's say the perfect spot, well, it's not a hypothetical, it's, it's real. The perfect spot in Georgetown would be kind of like where Shroff owns, mm-hmm. or the Shroff Farm. Mm-hmm. Now, part of that is in town and out of town. So how would that work? Would it go? Would it be on village council, or would that go through, like the commissioners, since it's out of corporation limits? It'd be on neither. It'd be between Mr. Shroff and his suitor who wants to buy land from him. It, it goes back to what you just said about the the auto store thing. I mean, it's a frustrating thing on council. I get that a lot. Um, you know, why do you let another auto store? It's like, we, like like you said, Art said, mm-hmm. we we have nothing at all to do with that. Mm-hmm. You know, guy's got a piece of ground for sale and. An auto place wants to buy it. If another pizza place wants to move in, we can't encourage that or discourage that. It's not really government's place to do that. It's a free market. Valid, valid. Um, so h- how do they go about recruiting? Do they, like, just call up? Um, now, did O'Reilly's come here, or did they go to O'Reilly's? And, like, do – I guess why I'm asking this. When you recruit – do you talk to corporate or do you just talk to like maybe a representative and then it goes from there? So Art, the village administrator, mm-hmm. will, would be involved in a lot of those kind of talks. But in that particular instance, I, I don't know. I, I may be wrong on this. I don't know that he was so much. I think, um, see, people don't really understand that. Uh, with, with auto parts in particular, mm-hmm. it's all about they, I mean, they compete heavily with Amazons and places online. Okay. And so the name of the game for them, you know, and, and no auto play, no auto, auto parts place can build a big enough facility to stock every single part for every single car, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the, their whole game is, you know, if they don't have it in stock, they can get it to you the next day. So really that Georgetown outlet, I believe, <coughs> was just kind of a, a tran- going to be just a transit warehouse thing. And they're like, well, if we're going to have that area, we might as well throw a service counter in there and put a couple people in there and run a store out of it. Okay. So it's just a, a, another bulk facility warehouse and then they went ahead and made a retail place out of it, too. I think that's how all those auto places work, quite honestly. Okay. You know, West Union, I, I work in West Union. It's mm-hmm. got four auto parts places. It's got two right next door to each other and one across the street, mm-hmm. I think, for the very same reason. Okay. Um, but, yet, I don't know. I guess I'm dancing around your question here. I mean, we if, if, a, if a manufacturing place, for instance, was looking – um, and, and they send out a kind of a blast across the United States. They say we're looking for somewhere, um, you know, eastern United States. We want um, we, we want a small town feel to have our to have this new building. At, you know, then somebody like Art would be, yeah, you know, here's what we got. We have a full time fire department okay. to protect your asset. Um, you know, we've got a, you know we've got a, a high school that ranks you know wherever in the in the state grade card, you know, so it's a good place for your employee to, s- to send their kids to school. Um, you know, any, all those kind of checklist of things, him and our economic development guy would be touting, you know, Georgetown. Okay. The problem is, 
I think a lot of times those blasts go out and they just have criteria that we could never meet. You know, if they say we need 1,000 acres uh, located on a state highway, um, you know, it's like that goes back to that's where I kind of started with this conversation. I just don't know that we're the, the, we're hot, like, the hotbed for future manufacturing okay. places to be. Okay. All right. And I'm cool with that. It's like, let, let Batavia, let Sardinia maybe could turn into that. Mm-hmm. They're out on 32. They might be the next man or looking 10 years forward or whatever. And They have her, no stoplights. That's right. <laughs> they got to get on. They got to get, yeah. they got to up their they, stoplight yeah. game. They got to get their shit together. So I'm like, hey, they could, they could build that stuff there and commute and make Georgetown like the cool hip place to live mm-hmm. and just commute there 20 minutes away and, and work at one of those factories located up and down 32 or something like that. Yeah, I uh, w- one I guess you can't even call it a hobby. Just one of one of the things I do randomly is I'll get on Zillow and um, just like look at random places in the area. And there's so much land along 32 that's a lot of acres um, that could basically commercial real estate. Yeah. Um, and it, I'm, I'm wondering like why is that why are companies not, you know, that's a four-lane highway. You got a town right next to you or like five miles down the road. You got Eastgate like, I don't know, 15 miles down the road. Why aren't these lands being sold? Now, obviously, you can't answer that because. But that's but that's what we're back to the village of Georgetown. That's <laughs> what we would be competing against. You know yeah. what I mean? The, if, for the next big factory or something that wants to open. And, I, you know, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I don't think um, a lot of people that live in Georgetown necessarily want that right in Georgetown. Um, I, I don't think there would be any harm in having it, um, you know, 15, 20 miles away, or, you know, and, uh, and just focus on making Georgetown the, the residential place you live, and then you drive 20 minutes away to this job or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess maybe their thought is, like, just convenience. If I want to go to Walmart or down the road, everybody calls going down the road to Eastgate, right. you know, if you want to go to Walmart, which has everything, or Kroger, you ha- and you're in Georgetown, you have to go, you know, to right. uh, Maysville, Maysville, Mount Orb, Mount Orb right. um, stuff like that. Or, you know, you can go to West Union. Right. I guess maybe they just want it to be convenient. It would um, be, you know, I would love it more than anybody if the old Pomodoro building were a Walmart. I just don't think it's realistic. You I would personally, love it. Yeah. what do you think could go – what do you think could go in Pomida? Obviously, you can't put a Walmart in there, or you can't. I guess, really, you can't um, put anything in there. Pomida is a perfect example, and like how you're saying, um, all these um, like Amazon's competing with everybody. There is no Pomida, Kmart. It's either you're big or you're local. Right. I mean, your corporate America or your local Kmart couldn't make it mm-hmm. in, May- in Maysville. Yeah, so um, I don't think that kind of place would make it. You know, in, in Georgetown, if they couldn't make it in Maysville, would Rural King work there? Um, possibly. That's that's one I've heard. Would Would Rural King work just in Georgetown, or do you think it would be kind of like too close to Maysville, too close to Hillsborough, too close to Sardine? Yeah, I think they've, or they've got a TSC. Don't yeah, they? TSC. Right. Yeah. Um, possibly, possibly. Okay. But I've always heard that the roof is the issue, and I actually looked up on the auditor's website. It said, like, Tur- Durban something owns it. Not It wasn't a specific name. It was, like, the name of a company. Um, so I thought it was just – I'd always heard that, like, Shroff owned that land, and then, like, he just rented the land off the people that built it. I believe – uh, and, and this be, is all, I, all I'm saying is what I've heard here, here and yeah, I'm not. I could be incorrect on this. You're, you're here to a, correct me. So. Uh, well, no, because I, I, on this particular topic, I'm not 100% sure. I mm-hmm. believe that the same person owns that, owns the entire strip, including IGA. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, now, what, what's up with the fiber optics? Because that, that, be, <laughs> that would be big. It really would. Well, tell me why. Because I've been on both sides of this issue. Um, do you think that would be conducive to a business coming to? Steve, I got to tell you, I, Tom can vouch for me. I'm not smart enough to know what conducive means. Oh, well, um, so here's, here's kind of where I'm at with fiber. <clears throat> uh, okay, fine. Tell me what you have heard, both sides of it, and then I'll, I'll tell my part. Okay. 
we got a grant. Actually, um, a lady named Nancy Montgomery, who's on council right now, she was on council previously. Mm-hmm. She was off for a few years. She's back on council. And um, Nancy is very good at getting grants. She is um, in part responsible for the uh, dog park that we have in Georgetown. Mm-hmm. She's um, in part res- very much and very much responsible for the senior citizens park uh, at the park. Um, she's very much responsible for some upgrades that's been done to the playground equipment out there. And uh, so she's fixed the basketball court. Well, it's, it's, it's in queue. Awesome. And um, so she she does she did what she does. She went out and she got a grant, a matching grant for two hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollars to go toward a fi- some sort of fiber optic project. Okay. Meaning um, that Georgetown would put forth two hundred fifty thousand to match that two hundred fifty thousand. So we had five hundred thousand dollars to potentially invest in fiber. And this started, I want to say, three or four years back before I was on council. And you, th- you've been on council since? Um, going on about a year now. Okay. And um, so when I wasn't on council, I thought, this seems like a no-brainer, you know. Let's, let's get some good and good high-speed fiber in here and maybe at low cost to the residents. And, and um, then as I came on council and as time went on, um, <clears throat> one thing that happened is when when we, when she first set out to get that grant, um, Spectrum and Frontier and whoever the other providers are didn't have much in the way of one megabyte high speed fiber at all around our area. Mm-hmm. Um, now I don't know if it's because they knew that we were thinking about doing this, so this would be a village owned utility. Okay. Okay. Um, but uh, Spectrum in particular went out and upped their game, and now they've, for instance. Um, what's the logistics company there on the edge of town? RTS. Uh, RTS. You know, they, they needed some high-speed fiber, mm-hmm. and boom, they, and Spectrum took it right to their door. Um, so that's one thing that's changed. Um, the, anyway, the, we, we have our $250,000 coupon, per se, and then we would have to put $250,000 of our own money with it. Um, the plan, so they, they kind of... They kind of give this to uh, the powers that be, some some uh, IT engineering kind of people. Mm-hmm. And the plan they come up with, the latest plan they've come up with, was is to run a fiber backbone that would originate um, kind of down around the fire department area and run up Main Street and hit the courthouse in the middle of town. Uh, once upon a time, they wanted to pick up all the county buildings there by the jail and everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but that's not going to happen now because they, those, those folks have said they're, the county has said they're very content with Spectrum and, and getting their high-speed fiber from them rather than jumping in bed with this new village-owned utility. Okay. Okay. So the, as it is right now, I should have brought the list of names with me. The, the fiber would hit 11 different buildings. Okay. Now, so I know nothing about how, like, obviously I know how the internet works, but... Mm-hmm. I know nothing about, like, the X's and O's of fiber optics and stuff. So you're saying the line is going to go through Main Street, and it's going to hit 11 buildings. I mean, it, it, it jags down some side roads and picks up stuff, but it, it hits 11 buildings, eight of which are government buildings. So, like, okay, Mr. Ludy lives on Main Street. Yeah, it'd run right by his door, but he wouldn't be on it. Okay. Couldn't, okay. Get, couldn't get on it. Okay, that, that, that was my in, question. In, in phase one. So, okay, I have to sit, so I have to sit back, and I actually had to change my own mind and said – yeah, I'm not cool with spending two hundred fifty thousand dollars. I, I I get that the government's going to get that, that somebody, which is still tax money, by the way, but that the state's going to p- kick in the other two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Nonetheless, we'd have to take two hundred fifty thousand dollars out of our own piggy bank to give eleven entities high speed cable, high speed internet that they very likely could get through Spectrum anyway. Okay. Um, would and it would be a dead fiber line, so it would have it. it it's like an empty pipe. We would have to purchase internet mm-hmm. and, and 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 we'd have to retail it much in the ways much in the way that we own our own electric lines and power poles and stuff in town georgetown's kind of unique that way and we buy electricity from the lowest bidder every three or four years we bid it out or whatever and then we retail it okay so somebody has to fill the pipe so we didn't know what we'd be paying for internet. We didn't know what we'd be able to retail it for. We didn't know what the payback would be. We didn't know anything. 
uh, but we knew that 11 people would benefit from it for a quarter of a million dollars. Okay. Now, <clears throat> people on the other side of this would say, well, yeah, but now you've built the backbone. Now maybe John Ludy could jump on it or whatever. Um, so, like I said earlier, it's like a crawl, walk, run thing. It's going gonna, it's gonna to go down Main Street. It's going to get all these, these 11 buildings. Right. And then you, said, you mentioned the word or the phrase phase one. So are there other phases to where it'll eventually hit everybody or it, hit, it will hit the majority of? Well, there would, there, would ha- there would have to be other phases. They've never been developed or anything. But we, okay. can, we can look at what it costs other towns to do that. Okay. Because um, it's not like splicing a piece of uh, coax cable. Splice and fiber is a pretty big deal. So um, you look at other towns that have done this, and um, just, to, just to get it from the road into your door, mm-hmm. um, called FTTH, fiber to the home, um, is usually about a, is anywhere between a three and $6,000 charge. That's usually borne by the customer. Okay. Is that per month, one time? One time to okay. get the fiber to your door. So... I'm not sure who's going to, you know, the, the John Ludy, using his name, because he's right there on Main Street, you know, he's not going to want to pay that to bring fiber into his door when, no. he, when, when Spectrum will take it to his door if he wants it bad enough. Um, the village obviously couldn't pay that for everybody that wanted to get on it. So it's just, it, it's, it, it just doesn't seem like a workable plan to me. Okay. It, a better plan to me would have been if they wanted to use that money to make, like, all of Georgetown have like, a, you, you know, you travel to some other towns and cities and stuff and they have like their, their own wireless network you can mm-hmm. get on no matter where you're at and you're at. That'd be kind of cool. You know, kids at the park could get on. I, I could get behind something like that a little bit more. I just can't get behind something that's a quarter of a million dollars that initially only 11 people is going to benefit from and the unknown price to ever push, push that out to the rest of the town. When you look at other towns that have done that, um, you know, in the population five to eight thousand range. I mean, it, it's usually about six, seven million dollars to get that spread all over town. Okay. And uh, we ain't got it, and we've got more pressing concerns. Okay. Um, that answers a lot. Now I'm going to ask you just some random questions. Okay. Um, first off, d- didn't you uh, do like a little thing about you promoted yourself? becoming a council member with kind of like a video or something like that or on radio or something. I saw that and you kind of made like, you, you made like a little promo of what you're going to do as council member. And you mentioned like the signs and you know, are they going to get the Sean Inlow statue and whatnot? Um, I did a few things. Yeah. One, one I, of the things. I, I really like that. I really yeah. did that. One of the things was, was right here on the back of my shirt that I wore today. I made sure I wore Okay, great, yeah, great. Yeah. I, I want to ask you about that. Yeah, our cemetery wall was building, was falling down. I said, we're going to build a new cemetery wall and make Hammersville pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. Um, so what, what about the wall? Uh, uh, is there any progress? Yep, the, the wall we received uh, three different price estimates to fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's touchy work. You have to, um, you know, given the nature of what it is and doing excavating around that area. It's, it's not just like building a wall out here in your backyard or something. Um, and um, so one, one plan was to knock the thing down and completely rebuild it. Okay. Um, another plan was to kind of try to, um, well, here's the, here's the problem. It, not a problem, but um, there seemed to be a lot of consensus among people in town that they, they didn't want just like some cement wall there. I mean, okay. It's, 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 yeah, it's that, a, that was my next question. Yeah, it's a stone wall. And um, so to kind of put it back, basically you take the thing apart and kind of put it back together again, that's stand it back up straight. The and, um, the way you came here, yeah. The uh, my neighbor up there, that's exactly what they did, and it looks immaculate. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, gosh, we got so many projects going. I'm trying to remember the price tag on that one, but um, it's uh, I'm going to say that's about a. Four hundred thousand dollar project, I think. Okay. On that thing. Yeah. And um, when is it going to be? Like, are, are you? How kind? How can I word this? When you start, not you personally, but when it gets started, is that going to be determined? Like, with, with how it's right next to the school. I mean, that would be yeah, a hassle every morning, you yeah, know, doing some, that construction or in the afternoon. So, is it going to be this summer, next summer, during um, school? Gosh, what is the timeline on that? That's that thing's coming up pretty soon. 
Um, but I know there's a lot of coordination going on to, to make as little as impact as possible. There's okay. going to be um, some traffic possibly, you know, kind of have to be routed around. for. But I think they have a plan laid out in such a way as to keep the downtime on the road just as minimal as possible. What is the timeline for it actually being built? Whenever it starts, like, is there three weeks, four weeks? It's longer two than months. that, but I don't, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't think the road will be down, like, for two months or anything like that, but it's, it's yeah. Okay. Um, now, I want to clear one thing up. You're probably wondering why I'm asking all these questions and being where we're at. I used to, well, I used to live in Georgetown. I still kind of consider myself living in Georgetown. Obviously, we're not in Georgetown, but... I, I kind of feel like Georgetown's like um, like a significant other that you yeah. just can't part ways with. That, that's how I am. Like, yeah. um, you know, I got deployed like a year ago. And, or, no, I got deployed in like 2020. And I, I swear that's didn't miss my family, nothing. I could call them every day. I just, I miss, like, I got a garage right down here, you know. I get joy in just sitting down there watching people drive by and waving at them, you know, enjoying yeah. the air. I couldn't do that where I was at. Um, and so I'll never – I'm not here to, like, diss on Georgetown or anything. I'm just here to ask questions. But, uh, yeah, Georgetown is, like, I'll always – it'll always have a special place in my heart. Um, but I do – occasionally I'll see on Facebook, like, people bitch and moan about it. The signs, like – what, what is your opinion on signs? Now, and another thing I want to prefer or clear the air on, I'm going to ask questions. You don't have to answer them. And, sure. like, I don't want you to feel pressured that um, I want answers. If you can't answer them, that's fine. I can ask the question, but you don't have to answer it. That's cool. Um, I, I don't know. The Probably the more you talk to me, you'll, you'll start figuring out. I'm just very, I, th- I think, I'm f- very fiscally conservative. I just, mm-hmm. I don't like spending. As everybody should be. I don't like spending other people's money. Um, and, um, again, the, you know, the, there was a plan on the books to, to have these three signs that were ginormous and almost a $50,000 price tag for each sign or okay. all together, all, all three, okay. all three of them. Um, now there was some money that was going to be from a trade that we did with Rumpke that was kind of earmarked towards that, that would defray the cost by like $25,000. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's still like $25,000 for, for three signs. Um, for three great big signs, and there's 18 other ways to drive into Georgetown, so you're only hitting three. You know, granted, you're hitting, Man, you're, the, the, you're hitting the three main ways, but I, it, it, if it, I'm going to spend $25,000, I just buy a bunch of little signs and put nice, pretty little signs and put them everywhere yeah. else. And then you look at somewhere like Indian Hill, they got what looks like a looks like a thousand dollar sign out there. You know, um, yeah. you, you drive around to a lot of nice towns and cities surrounding us, re- really nice areas down around Cincinnati, and they have what looks like uh, a couple thousand dollar sign so i just i couldn't get behind that yeah i don't me i'm not some big extravagant materialistic person put the corporation sign there and you're good yeah, yeah. You know, i don't like, i mean i don't think anybody's gonna like uh like a young couple they're starting out in life they have a baby and they're like well we looked at this place down by cincinnati and this place it's got about five thousand people in this town and we looked at this place called georgetown but we're just not feeling it because they just this other place had nicer signs. You know, <laughs> yes. I don't think it works like that. So, is it done? Is there not going to be signs or? Oh no, there's sign. There's going to be much less expensive signs. They the problem with that old sign project, in my opinion, was that in a, a subcommittee of council, a few people um, who I'm friends with, but we disagree on on this topic, and um, one of them's not on council anymore, but. You know, they, they kind of decided what kind of sign they wanted. And they, they talked about it publicly a few times and stuff like that. But a, a, a historic sign in a historic town is kind of like a sensitive thing. And um, we felt like the town ought to have a little more say-so on that. So we had a couple of public forums and let people submit their sign ideas. And we put them all up on a big board and, and actually kind of had a vote there in the Gaslight Theater and um, what was kind of decided on was something that looks very similar to the one that's kind of up there by the fairgrounds right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, you could do six or eight of those and still be way under budget of doing these three big ginormous signs that we're going to sit at three different parts of town. So, I've always heard that um, people complaining that the old people, quote, not you. Um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying you're old. No, I am. Um, I'm an old people. Um 
a lot of older people say they don't want this, to, they don't want Georgetown to grow or prosper because it will take away from their historic value. Have you heard something of that? And what's your opinion on yeah, that? Yeah, that's something you, you wrestle with, I think, as a council person. I talk to um, people of all ages, and obviously, you know, let's go back to fiber. You know, the, the over 60 gang is going to be less passionate about that than the 20-somethings. I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know, I would love there to be a, the, the council chambers full of 20-year-olds every council meeting we had. I like, mm-hmm. those, I like those fresh ideas. Um, you know, the circles I run in, I don't get to be around those folks as much as I'd like to. Mm-hmm. And um, um, so, yeah, I, I've heard that before. That And, and that's, probably, that's probably a lot of little, little towns all across America. Yeah. I mean, you kind of got the – the people that have been enshrined there for decades and dec- you know, they get older and they sort of have their stamp on everything and you got new blood coming up that wants change and yeah. Okay, cool. Um, what else was I going to ask you? I think I think when you, you know, there's parts of, I got to be careful I say this because there's definitely a lot of areas in our town that need improvement. I talked about failing infrastructure before. I, I think when you I think when you drive up to our courthouse square and of course I'm biased. Um, you know, I think it looks nicer than West Union's Courthouse Square, which looks great also, mm-hmm. but I think ours looks better. Um, I think our historic district looks really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's, and there's some vacant buildings around there. And I think turning that into more of an entertainment venue, I think summertime, street fairs, bands playing out, in, you know, little three-piece bands playing out in front of some places and festivals and things like that could be the allure of Georgetown that um, that younger folks would, would very much enjoy. I think older folks would enjoy that too. Um, the mural that's going on right by Tom's Protec. Yeah, I know nothing about it. Okay, <laughs> oh, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. My opinion is, wouldn't it, with all the traffic and customers tom has mm-hmm. wouldn't that take away from seeing the mural yeah I kind the, of the, 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 yeah, yeah I, kind i'm of not saying don't do the mural yeah. just that wouldn't be the ideal place just because of the situation he has right that's not a, a village sponsored thing though. so that's just someone yeah. paying for it okay yeah. what about uh the mural by merchants that predated me on uh, council, so I'm not sure if that was or not. Okay. Now, um, this is the part where I, I mentioned earlier, like, you don't have to answer questions. Do What's it like being on council? Is it stressful? It, do you love it? Um, do you get insurance? I do not get insurance. Okay. You, so, okay. Um, do you get along with most of the council members? Is there, you know, a lot of friction? Well, you, ask, you ask a lot of questions there at once. So. I know. I get along with everybody on council. It's there's, just how I am. There's there's friction, but it's healthy friction. Okay. I mean, I've had, I've had some you know, pretty heated arguments in public session and in private sessions and stuff. But I consider all, all five of those people my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we don't pal around together all the time and drink beer together and stuff like that. But I mean, at the end of the day, we all have the common good in mind. We just have different ideas on how to get there. The biggest um, council is a lot of work. It's a lot of work for me. Um, <clears throat> bad day for my voice to be crapping out on me here. Um, okay. I think to do it right, it's a lot of work. You get, um, you, you know, we have a ton of different things going on, a ton of things that require decision making and research. So, I mean, there's a couple different ways to do the job. You can get your agenda the day before the meeting mm-hmm. and um, not do anything or go in there and kind of listen to what a few other people say and, and listen to their opinion and uh, make up your mind. Um, but to do it correctly, um, I uh, I just research everything to death. I mean, you talk about the fiber thing. I went out and built a 300-page, you know, portfolio that I put together, studying other towns, looking at how it worked or didn't work, and gathering my data. Um, the... The, the cemetery wall thing, same kind of way. I've just beat that to death. I've, I've read the engineering reports over and over. Um, I've visited some of our facilities. 
Um, I've taken tours of the sewer plant. And mm-hmm. when you do that kind of stuff, um, it's, you know, it feels like, a, it can feel like a full-time job. So I've known people through the years that have been on council, they show up there, like, what are we talking about tonight? And most good council people, I think, they um, are going to have several hours of preparation, through, you know, through the week. How long is a, uh, like, a term for you? So my term is a two-year term. Okay. Going forward, all terms will be four-year terms, but when we switch to a charter, form of government, um, that's, a, that's probably more detail than you want to go in here. It's kind of confusing, but it used to be there, there's six council people, and it used to be that um, you would have four of them go off at once, and then four years later you'd have two of them go off. So it was, they, they wanted to switch it to where it was three and three. Okay. So to initiate that in year one, we had to have some people only go for be on two-year terms. So, so when you said it's going to be four, is that going to be four for everybody and it's going to be the same year? Like you and, I don't know, like Bob so, Smith, we're so, just going to so say. Half, half of them would be, three of them would be due, you know, okay. in one given year and two years later. And there's six, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah that's, uh, that's good. Um, is the pay like you don't obviously you don't tell me that? No, that's public record. I got no problem telling you. I, I, I tell. I mean, I like I make less than minimum wage doing. Yeah, it. I, it's just I like get, a at a hundred dollars a meeting. We usually meet two times a month. Okay. Um, so again, you know, if we we just had a meeting this past Thursday, so we have a meeting. To, it's it's the second fourth Thursday of every month. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're doing your job right. Um, you know, somebody like Nancy, um, who I've banged heads with a lot, but I mean, I have a lot of respect for her work ethic. I mean, she can't be making 20 cents an hour. I mean, she'll put in a thousand hours. Mm-hmm. I guess it, it's more of a so, you, the care you have for. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's a good gig if you're just going to show up and um, take your, you know, get your paperwork, walk in there, sit there for an hour, get a $100 bill. But if, I mean, if you've put in, you know, five, six, seven, hours of research leading up to the meeting or something like that. Um, and then, you know, you don't really, as a council person, you don't necessarily walk down the street and get a lot of people patting you on the back, pulling over in their car saying, hey, man, you're doing a great job. You know, you, you hear mm-hmm. a lot of complaints and stuff like that. So you're always, you know, you go to the grocery store, pick up a six-pack of beer. You might talk to two or three people while you're in there about the pothole on their street or the broken sidewalk, and that's all good. I, I'm not complaining about all that, but that's – you're earning your hundred bucks. Trust me, and it's you, you, you want to do it. <laughs> so, why is it that you, being a council member, you are elected? The mayor's elected, but the administrator is appointed by the two of you. Like, wh- why aren't they elected? And I'm not like trying to dig at anybody. That's I'm cool. ju- I'm just curious as why. Um, well, that's the way that our charter provides for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a good way to do it, actually, um, because that person, you know, that's somebody you probably ought to talk to some, at some point in a podcast, mm-hmm. maybe, is, is Art or any village administrator. Um, talking about somebody that has to work around the clock. Um, you can never pay a good village administrator enough money because they're taking calls weekends, evenings, mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff. But um, I wouldn't want that to ever be something that was just – there's such a skill set required on that. You need to look around and, and take applications and, and go through the vetting process and, and find somebody that's really skilled to do that. I would be afraid of um, just somebody popular getting that if it were just an elected position that went in there with no business sense at all. I mean, you're handling millions of dollars and working on grants and loans and bonds and this and that, and um, it's just too much of a specialized skill set, I think, to just be something that you would just want to have elected out of the general public. Okay. You keep mentioning the word charter. Mm-hmm. Now, um, like, is the charter the... It's, our con- it's like akin to our constitution. Okay. So I'm going to explain that, I think, briefly. Okay, cool. Um, so, in Ohio, all villages and cities and whatnot, by default, are under the Ohio Revised Code. Mm-hmm. And then they have the ability... So if you, if you don't want to do anything, you just follow the revised code. Um, but you have the ability to 
form your own charter. Um, it can't run afoul of the ORC, mm -hmm. um, but it can change things. For instance, um, the ORC might say that, and I'm probably wrong on this, but it might say um, to be a mayor in Ohio, you um, don't have to have a high school diploma, because I don't think you do, and you can be 18 years old uh, and whatnot. So in your charter, you might say, eh, I don't really like that. I want the mayor to be... 21 or over, and I want them to have at least a high school diploma or GED. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the big reason we changed the charter, um, the, the, the village decided to change to a charter. The ORC says that when a town reaches 5,000 residents, okay, they become a city. And as a city, they have to employ a full-time engineer. Uh, gosh, I'm going to forget all of them now. Uh, a full-time this, a full-time that. It's like, so if you have 4,999 people, your payroll is going to be like this. And the minute you become a city, you've got to hire a full-time solicitor, um, uh, full-time engineer. Uh, it's a big, long laundry Does list. the mayor have to be full-time if it's over 5,000? Yeah, that may, that may have been one of them. I'm trying to remember. but And does Dale work full-time? No, I, no he's, he, he's, he's a part-time mayor. Okay. Um, and so that would have cost our... You know, we came close to hitting 5,000, and if we trend out a few more years the way that we have grown, we probably will go over 5,000. Okay. So when we made a charter, we could say, no, we're not going to require those things to happen unless we ever hit 10,000 people instead of 5,000 people. Okay. So. so going back to what I was saying about the duck, me asking you a bunch of questions mm -hmm. the, the different ways, um, what is going to happen when you hit or when Georgetown hits 5,000, 5,001? Um, will that change how many council members on it, like it, it would have had we not formed our own charter okay okay so the charter in a way the charter kind of saves you from making big changes yes when you hit this when you become a city correct right? okay correct. like one of the changes um, was that once you become a city under the ORC if you didn't form your own charter it said that when you have a race for a village council there has to be at least one person from um, this corner of town and this corner and this corner. Well, we have a hard time getting enough people to run, period. So that would have been a, a nightmare for us. There's a, there's a whole laundry list of things that would have got thrown on us at 5,000 that we that the charter allowed us to say, we're not going to do that. So you, when we hit 5,000, it's not going to say, or you don't have to have a, a city engineer. Right. That, okay. Right. right. Um, now, it'll probably be a long time before we hit 10,000, but say, just say in 30 years we do hit 10,000, will the charter be irrelevant? Will it not exist? So that's the cool thing about the charter, too, is the village people, the village people, the village, those guys. Hey, hey, yeah, there. <laughs> right. Um, you know, the town can amend the charter um, through referendum or through, you know, put, put issue on ballots or whatever, anytime they want. You know, it takes a, it's literally an act of Congress to change the ORC, you know, mm -hmm. but I mean, the town can, can reshape its charter anytime they want. Okay. So, you know, say we did have some big influx of people, um, and for some reason we got to 10,000, we thought, well, we want to move that number. We still don't think we need a full-time solicitor and a full-time mayor and a full-time this and a full-time that, and we want to move the number up to 15. Yeah, we could. Um, so, okay, so essentially the charter pretty much, like, saves you from, protects you until you think it's ready for major changes. Like Correct. The okay. ORC is just kind of a one-size-fits-all thrown out there for everybody to use. And this started... Um, is that the thing where um, when you saw it on the ballot, it was like 17 people? Is yes, that it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Now, do they have to be there for every no, council that, meeting? No, no. Those were just the people that formed the original charter to put out for the, the town to vote on. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so it was truly, you know, draft. I mean, seventeen's a big committee. It was, you know, people from all walks of life. And so it was like a three-person committee that made up the new charter. Seventeen people put it together. I think it was seventeen. And um, then the whole town votes on it. And yeah, but it's, it's a, uh, it, it's the majority of towns and villages in Ohio have done that. So it wasn't some okay weird thing that we now, did. Yeah. You keep saying R O R C. What's that stand for? Ohio Revised Code. Oh, okay. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> Didn't think about that one. Um, all right. Cool. What else can I ask? Um, 
Is there anything you want to put out, like since you have? Um, just just so you know, this is a global podcast. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Glo- yeah, yeah. Uh, two people from so, one so, from so, Germany, <laughs> one from Belgium. I looked it up. I saw it. Global. Um, no, I just keep ringing the same bell about um, infrastructure. I'm big on that because I, I guess the question I get a lot is, um, you know, why don't why don't they why doesn't the town build of this or do with that or whatever? And I just keep saying over and over, you know, I wanted all those things a year ago before I got on council. I, I thought there should be just side perfect sidewalks down every road and, you know, and all this stuff. And um, I just keep going back to the, the, the thing that kind of haunts me over and over is that um, when I visited the sewer plant mm-hmm. uh, and my, my five friends on council get so sick of me talking about, I mean, they, they know it's true, but it's like, here goes Steve with his brick story again. But, um, you know, there's a, there's a big. That's I, like out, like you can kind of see it if you're going into town on South Main, like way back there, kind of by the fairgrounds? Yeah, it's back okay. behind the fairgrounds, right. So, um, you know, all the sewer pipes in town, they, um, they all come together in a, in, a, in a pipe, a big pipe that runs into that plant, right? And um, a couple things. So there's a, there's a strainer down there that co- collects big things that might, I mean, really, if you think about it, there shouldn't be anything bigger in a sewer line than what would flush down a toilet, mm-hmm. right? Um, well, you know, we have storms and stuff, and there's there's bricks coming into that thing. So it's like, well, how could a brick be coming down a sewer line? Well, some of the sewer manholes around town, you know, they're lined with brick. Mm-hmm. So if bricks are coming down your sewer line into the fairgrounds there, those things are crumbling and corroding. Um, you know, you see sections of clay pipe coming down there. So that's scary stuff. Um you can talk about your Walmarts. Mm-hmm. You can talk about your community centers. You can talk about your entertainment districts. If our sewer lines under the ground are deteriorating and crumbling, and you play that forward ten or twenty years, and those things, um, you got real problems then. So I mean, you got EPA problems. Ain't no business going to want to come here then. People that nobody's going to want to live here then when you can't flush your toilet and things don't leave your house like they're supposed to. So that's a big, big deal to me. So what measures are you, you or the council? taking to prevent that in 10 20 years a couple from a couple things one is we uh, initiated a study by the army corps of engineers and they're going around and using like ground penetrating sonar and things like that and actually not just for our sewer lines but for water lines we here's what we don't have in the construction world uh, i don't know how familiar there's something called as builds mm-hmm. okay um so if i go buy a big commercial building or something. It's like, I want to see the as builds. This tells me how this thing was built. It tells me where all the electric lines run. It tells me where all the water lines run and whatnot. Okay. Georgetown doesn't have any as builds. You know, they, they have, through the years, you know, they'll discover uh, a sewer line somewhere they didn't even know existed. Okay. So step one is we've hired a, an engineering firm to go out and really just map out the whole town find mm-hmm. out where everything and get it down in on paper or on PDF or whatever, you know, get it online. And um, and then they're going to do testing on different lines and things like that. And that'll allow them to coordinate repairs. We've had, we've had in years past, we've had deals where we've ripped up a road and put down blacktop. Mm-hmm. And then a year later, the, the, the water line underneath there burst and they have to go back in there and rip that back up and replace the water line. Now we can kind of coordinate those repairs. So we're in the, right in the middle of actually of doing a bunch of the testing and testing those uh, water lines and sewer lines and those underground utilities. My fear is, is that when those reports come back and say, okay, now we've identified all of our problems and they cost X million dollars to fix. Mm -hmm. um, We can't be, uh, you know, having a bunch of money tied up in big ass signs and fiber and all this other feel good stuff. I'm just speaking bluntly right now. Mm-hmm. Those are all cool things. Um, but there's nothing sexy about sewer pipes. Nobody ever comes up to me in a grocery store and says, what's the town doing about their sewer? But you're the first guy to ever ask me that because I brought it up and we're talking on a podcast. Yeah. But nobody can get behind that. That's not, that's not the kind of thing anybody cares about until it doesn't work. Okay. Um, we got electrical substations in our town dated from the, from the 60s. And those things are like, uh, living on a wing and a prayer. I mean, um, they, but it's a miracle that they're still running. Um, 
there's there's two of those in particular that are very dated and problematic, and um, you know, they're a million bucks a piece. And that's that's again that's an infrastructure thing. The WalMarts and all the all the other stuff, nothing matters if you, if you can't supply yeah. your town with electricity. I, th- th- that answers a lot of questions. Yeah. Like th- there's always a reason why, and I just want to know. You're the per- first person I can think of that would give at least put me in the right direction and finding out why. Um, real quick, isn't that sewer plant like relatively new? Yeah, the sewer plant where they you know, process the poo when it gets there is is just fine. Um, so what what happens before? The, it's the piping leading the piping that goes all underneath the ground all around Georgetown. That stuff's a hundred years old and it's never had anything done to it. Okay. Um, well, here's here's a way we know that for sure. Here's besides seeing bricks coming down there. So you're your sanitary sewer well, the brick thing wouldn't that just be kind of like an unfortunate like like uh, it just like you know you, you see like the little sewer or whatever it's called walking down the street i mean that's a storm sewer so oh, yeah so, so you've got storm water which can run down ditches run down your downspouts run to the ditch run to the next ditch and make its way to white oak creek mm-hmm. okay untreated because it's just rainwater Stuff coming out of your ha- there's so there's two different sewer networks in any town. Okay, okay. Stormwater sewer, and then your sanitary sewer. Okay. The poo. Mm-hmm. Okay, and um, they those 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 two should not for obvious reasons should not ever interconnect. Mm-hmm. All right, you don't want poo going into the ditch and going down to White Oak Creek, mm-hmm. and you don't want rainwater really the stormwater stuff uh, going into your sanitary sewer because it's going to make your sewer plant down there process a whole lot more than it should have to it should just be doing the wastewater from people's house well what we know is um we know how much sewer goes into the sewer plant every single day obviously that's heavily monitored and charted but whenever we have a a huge rain event we have way more stuff coming into our sanitary sewer plant okay which tells us it's it's cross connect they call it i and i and flow infiltration um and that's that means all your the new the newish sewer plant you were just talking about mm-hmm. won't stay newish very long if it's having to work overtime all the time because it's not just processing human sewage it's also processing a bunch of rainwater that it shouldn't be okay so our our piping network underneath our ground's a little swiss cheesy right now and it needs to be dug up and fixed and replaced and it's going to cost some money um so I, I, we got to wrap this up. I got a couple more questions for you. One, how long do you see yourself doing this? I will likely... Don't worry about the election. Like, say, just say you get elected every time. Uh, well... <laughs> I mean, do you just want to do this for, like, 10 probably, years and then, like, hey, no. let somebody else do it? Oh, oh hell no. <laughs> no. I'll probably finish my... I doubt that I run again. Really? Yeah, I've enjoyed it. Um, I've got, you know, um, a job that... Is it just not what you thought, or no? It's it's what I thought. It's just I've started a side business too that's really taken off, and it just to do it right, it takes a lot of time. Um, One of our, and this is weird for me to say because I've been in some really heated battles with her, and I don't agree with her a lot. um, But really, one of our hardest working um, council people is retired, and uh, she can put a lot of time into this, and I'm not saying that you have to be retired to be on here and do it good. You just have to be a good multitasker. I'm not. Um, I, so I know how that feels. My, my nine-to-five job um, just about sucks my brain dry, and then I have a side business that I run that takes up a lot of my time, too. That's that's grown more than I thought it would. And um, I just don't ever want to do it if I can't do it right and give it my all. So um, my term will be up, um, what, this next January, and that'll probably be... So, like, January of 2023? That's not right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so someone... I mean, I might I might run again, but I, I, I really doubt it. Okay. I'll, I'll always be active. I'll go up to meetings and stay tuned in. But uh, um, The last question I want to ask is um, the uh, there was rumor that there's going to be, like, a water park at, at the park. Is that true? Well, uh, and then, like I said, I'm no, not, cool. not going to get upset. No, I'm just laughing because of water park. No, it's a splash. Pad. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, that, yeah. That's what I was talking about. It's not a rumor. It's it's coming. Nancy, who I was talking mm-hmm. about yeah. earlier, who goes out and gets things. Um, God, I feel like I'm plugging Nancy, which is so strange. Me and Nancy have battle a lot. But um, 
I mean, if yeah. you haven't said anything bad about her. Yeah. I mean, if she can No, get, that's what it, I'm saying. I'm trying to think of something bad to say about her because we get into it a lot. And now I'm just, I feel like I'm sitting here like running her campaign or something. But um, she she went out and got a grant for that. And um, I believe, and you hear this, Nancy, forgive me if I'm saying this wrong, but um, I think the cost of that project, I don't, I'm going to butcher this all up. I think it was like an eighty or $90,000 project. Mm-hmm. I think it was an $80,000 project. And she got a matching grant. So she got like forty grand of it. And um, then we're raising the other uh, forty. She's she's going out and getting um, sponsorship for the other forty thousand. Mm-hmm. Which can I get a gratuitous plug in here real quick? Uh, July 9th mm-hmm. in Georgetown, kegs for a cause. Okay, it's a village event. We'll Is it going to be kind of like the? Uh, it's going to be for great. the kind of like what the dog park was. Correct. It's a fundraising cool. event. Um, so it's, it's to raise the rest of the money for this splash pad and we'll have uh, a DJ there during the day, live band you? at night. Yep. Yep. And a live band, not me at night. And, um, there'll be, uh, I want to say six or seven different microbreweries represented there. And, um, it's, you know, in the past, those were really going really good. And then we kind of hit COVID and then had some momentum with them events for a few years but then it died it died off with COVID we're kind of resurrecting that and bringing it back but this year that splash pad will um this is a fundraiser to kind of do the part that the uh grant didn't pay for and the the splash pads I can tell you they have them in Adams County Mm -hmm. and those are hugely popular so that'd be a real nice addition to our park do you know where it would go or where they're planning to put it uh I do but I don't (laughs) I remember hearing but um uh Okay, cool. Yeah, no, I don't remember. All right. Um, in the park. All right, one last question. Um, is George, Fiscally, is Georgetown in good shape? Or? Um, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're solid right now. Good. The, good. The, the engineering report that I talked about that's going to tell us a lot of our problems, talk to me after we look at that. I don't, a year from now, it might look a little bit different. But, okay, cool. But we're, yeah, we're pretty solid. All right, cool. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Thanks. Um, I think we're good now.